Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of STR Conversations, hosted by myself, Jasper Rivers, and Eric Muller. Every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the short-term rental industry and share what we're learning in our hosting businesses and for working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. So this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting you out of the daily operations so you can free up your time and become the CEO of your business instead of the manager. And that allows you to focus on high-level tasks that really move the needle in your business and allow you to grow. And we do that by giving you the systems and teaching you how to build a team so you can actually delegate all those lower level tasks. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com slash X. That is strlegends.com slash X. You are listening to an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast hosted by Jasper Rivers and Eric Miller. So let's dive in. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to episode 481 of Get Paid for Your Pad. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Eric Miller. And today we are talking about Sonder. Because Sonder just uh, came out last week with an announcement that they're cutting 20% off their workforce, which is really big news in our industry. Sonder is one of the biggest short-term rental uh, companies in the world. So we're going to dive into that. Eric, have you ever stayed at Sonder? Uh, I have, man. Yeah. I've stayed at a few, actually. New Orleans, yeah, different parts of the country. And then uh, most recently, a buddy of mine was staying at one of their buildings in uh, downtown San Diego. So got to check them out. And uh, Sonder, um, it's interesting what they're going through, man. It's it's interesting to, to read this update of what's happening with their company. But also, you know, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a sign of what's happening in, you know, just the tech world in general. If you want to consider Sonder a tech company you know, where there's a lot of layoffs happening uh, and we're starting to see this and now it's hitting our, it's hitting our industry pretty hard. I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, you know, the big companies, Airbnb and Verbo, but now we're seeing the actual operators and how it's impacting them. And let's give some background on what went down with Sonder. Well, actually let's give some background of who Sonder is real quick, just so everyone who's listening fully understands and Mm -hmm. and what their model is. From what I understand, I know you've been doing some research too. From what I understand, Sonder is now, they have a couple of different models, right? They have the master lease model where they go in and they lease up full apartment buildings and hotels. They rented a, uh, on a, I think it's a 10 year lease on a hotel in downtown San Diego, a friend of mine built and they came in and rented out the entire hotel, turned it into a Sonder hotel. They do master leasing, but now they're also developing, right? They're also buying their own real estate and developing out their own hotels. Am I I correct with that one? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I know they master lease buildings. And you mentioned one in San Diego, 
they've signed some pretty big deals in the last couple of years. There's a big hotel in, in Manhattan, uh, in New mm-hmm. York, that's called mm-hmm. the Flatiron. Flatiron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've never, I've never been there, but I know they lease these, these really big buildings. I don't know that they develop buildings as well. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure like they have a real estate arm to it, but the biggest part here is like what they do and they, they were the first in the game. They started off in student housing, which I thought was really interesting. They would sublet out student housing in between uh session or in between school that turned into what they're doing now. And they're kind of leading the way every major city around the world that allows short-term rentals, you'll be able to find a Sonder there or they're working mm-hmm. on getting there. Right. So they're kind of leading the way of that, that industry. And this is interesting, man, after COVID, if you remember this, we were talking to like Andrew Kitchell from Lyric and all these bigger companies that were in the mass releasing model. And I know in COVID, like we were talking like, Hey man, this model is, this model is a little scary. Like seeing what happened to Lyric, right. And Mm -hmm. how they were just over leveraged. And you and I were saying it for two years saying arbitrage only works in a market that's rising. Right. And it's like, if we're seeing that, you know, the market starts to uh, decline, how's that going to affect the companies? Sonder was the only company at that scale that actually stayed in the mass releasing model, right? So I remember talking to Andrew and he's like, man, we're, we're going to see how that works out for him. So since then they went public, right? Yes. Um, they went public. And then most recently we just got some news. What happened with that, with their SPAC? So yeah. uh, why don't you walk everybody through kind of like what you learned by, you know, and what, what the latest news on Sonder is. Yeah. So first of all, Sonder has about 6,000 units, which kind of blows my mind because I remember when we were talking about Sonder a couple of years ago, I think they had like more like 1,500 or so. So they really scaled very, very fast. But, you know, like they're they're in urban markets, right? They're they're in the big cities. I just looked at the website, you know, their promise is uh, hotel amenities without hotel formality. So the whole idea is like, you know, we talked about this a lot where there's there's not there's a lack of standards amongst Airbnb places, right? That's why you and I wanna wanna build Freewild and, and have those standards in place. Where we have a very different markets and different type of standards. But you know, Sonder in my in my view is kind of like the Marriott for short-term rentals, right? You know, exactly what you get. It's urban, it's like they have hotels, they have, you know, apartments. But you know, yeah, they survived through the COVID pandemic, but I mean, they're losing. They're losing a lot of money. I just checked out the stock price too. They went public at ten dollars. You know what the shares are trading at now? Mm. No, book, what's it at? A book fifty. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? When when did they go public? How long ago? That was not so long ago. That was in uh, in January. January. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm re- I'm reading here that. Sonder reported an $83 million loss in its first quarter. And its expenses ballooned 72% to $176 million. That blows yeah. my mind, man. Like those are some big numbers for a short-term rental company. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right. And, you know, in my opinion, it I mean, it just shows that um, you know, back in the day, I, I remember and, and Sonder was founded in 2014, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I remember back then the margins on this was they were huge right like you could rent an apartment and throw it on airbnb and you could yep. you could make such a large, big margin that you know you could rent pretty much anything 
you know, and over the years, those margins have been have been going down, right? I mean, Dude, now, I mean yeah, I mean, to the, to that point, when I first got in the rental arbitrage model here in San Diego, I was making four x what I was renting a property for. So if I was renting the right property, the right area, we were on average making four x. Right now, it's you know, where do you think that's at? I mean, we tell students don't touch anything unless you can at a minimum two x your monthly. Yeah. Uh, income right but also think, and this is some other news that that i'm going to announce you that i've just read shortly that tie into this but what do you think that's it because I, to your point i mean the margins are probably minimal at this point yeah i mean it varies from market to market but most in most urban markets like the rents have gone up so much as well i mean in your area when i was there last year we were hanging out and we we're looking at rents and rents had gone up so much i was looking on, on zillow and like a a place that would rent for four grand was like two grand a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. right? So, yep. I mean, I think in a lot of places you'd be lucky to get two X. Like two X is 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 uh, pretty hard to find these days. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, and we're gonna see that continuing to grow. the The rental rental amounts are starting to go through the roof in every city. Everyone's been talking about this for a couple of years, but I think we're finally feeling it now. Like people are like, all right, this is kind of crazy. It's happening everywhere. And two, with the real estate market, the way that it's going, it's we're starting to see people buying. They're not buying as much and they're not as aggressive in inquiring. So that means that they're either going to stay stay put or they're going to, going to continue to rent. They're going to find some new rentals, right? So that means more demand on the rental market. To me, this just kind of shows how vulnerable the the rental arbitrage market is. Again, it it made sense in the beginning. You know, we were all making like the early days, man. We were making so much freaking money on these units, and it was amazing. But now, I just don't see it being a valuable business model to continue to scale. That's why I think we see a lot more of these companies like Avant Stay moving further and further into the management model. Right, doing that and like managing at a high level while they're positioning themselves to acquire and and being very, very picky on what they actually lease. Yeah, crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, there's a couple other factors at play as well, right? It's number one is uh, urban markets haven't recovered as much since COVID. And then I'm also thinking like regulations, you know, that's also uh, a topic in these, in these bigger urban markets where, where they are like, you know that might be a challenge for them as well just dealing with regulations maybe they've had to shut down some some units as well because of that yeah i mean you know good point here in san diego again a friend of mine bought and renovated a old hotel downtown san diego and they partnered with sonder sonder came in there to lease up the entire building for 10 years Specifically because they had a hotel license in place and they were able, and you know, San Diego just recently passed their lottery system here, where in, in the city of San Diego, I think they're limiting short term rentals to 1%. I think it's 1% of the total housing stock, which is, which is nothing at the end of the day with the amount of travelers that come to San Diego. You know, the hotels just won't be able to dem- keep up with that demand. And, you know, it's like a thousand or two thousand units short term rentals in San Diego, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. 
but anyway, the uh, Sonder was getting ready for that. All these big rental arbitrage companies were getting ready for that years ago because it's been you know negotiating with the city of San Diego for a couple of years now to lease up buildings with hotel permits in place, right? So if you can get a lodging permit, then you are outside of the short-term rental laws, right? Mm -hmm. So I see them doing that and I see them really getting ready for the short-term rental regulations. They're spending more money on taking on these bigger buildings. They're signing longer-term leases, the whole thing. So we'll see, man. Like We'll see how this actually plays out. And we'll see if they actually start shifting their model. But my guess is they're going further into some type of creative structure where it's X amount of guaranteed per month. That's not the full rate, but then also a management model that's there, like a hybrid model, then going into the acquisition side. Because they're they're at a spot where... I don't know how this actually... You probably know this a lot better than I do, how this is actually going to affect a company when you open up at $10 a... $10 and now you're down at what would you say $1.90? $1.50. right? So how that actually affects them on raising money cuz I, I would assume they have to shift their business model there but yeah, I think it's really expensive to continue to scale that model for them. Yeah. Well, here's a funny fact. The founder Francis Davidson who you mentioned in 2014, he started a company renting out uh, to students in Canada. Did you know that he recently he bought a $9.2 million mansion in Hollywood Hills. Did you know that? Yeah. Right after he went public. Yeah. Right after he went public, I saw that he bought it off of Pharrell. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. rapper. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're, you know, if you're asking like, how does this affect the company? Well, first of all, I mean, Francis has already uh, got his, uh, how do you, what's that expression uh, in Holland? We say uh, the, to have the she your sheep on the dry. Like he's already got his, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that he, means. <laughs> you know, in, in Holland we have a lot of floodings. You know, so it's like oh, okay. Uh, so you have your you have your sh your sheep on the on on the dry, so they won't get. You know, they're not going to. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it basically means like you're already cashed in. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, when you're in that position, right? Like, I I have no idea what his ownership was and is of Sonder, but when you're in that position, like they raised what was it? $500 million prior to going public, right? Like through their series A, B, and I don't know how many series they did before going public, but I don't know how much he owned, but the moment that he goes, they, they go public. I mean, the owners of the company, they get some pretty nice payouts, right? Mm -hmm. They get paid as they should, you know, they built something incredible that the public wants to invest into and, and you're able to scale. So you're going to get paid out. You're going to get your cash. You have to put that cash somewhere. Right. And that's mm -hmm. one thing that I'm learning from, you know, hanging out with, you know, some very wealthy people and learning from them is like the moment they get cash, they want to put it into real estate. They want to put it into places to protect it. Right. Especially for inflation, what we're going through right now. So I think for what he created, and I'm sure he got a, a very nice payout on the fundraises. I'm sure he got a very nice payout when he went public. We'll see how he responds to that. You know, like it does a good leader sell your Hollywood Hills property in a time of crisis for your company. Cause like, so walk, walk everybody through the, the layoffs that's happening. Cause mm -hmm. I, I think that's an indicator to, to watch what's happening in the market at a high level. Like we, we got to watch that to see, I think that's an indicator to watch what's happening to the economy as a whole. 
That's what I'm trying to say. So what's the news on the layoffs and all of that, that they're going through in Sonder? Yeah, they're laying off 21% of, let me see, I was just pulling up the article so that I make sure to get the numbers right. 21% of their staff, they're laying off. And I think they have about 700 employees. So it's a it's a big company, man. They raised the 550 million even in June 2020. They were valued at 1.3 billion. So it's a very sizable company. So 21% of corporate roles and 7% of frontline roles they are getting rid of. And also their uh, CTO is being laid off as well. So interesting. You know, pretty yeah, pretty significant. This is not, I mean, you, you're not doing that if things are going well. That's uh, that's for sure. That's really interesting. I'm curious why they're letting the CTO go because their their tech is a big part of their company, right? And that's what yeah. I was saying. Like we got to time into the tech world and watching what's happening in the tech world right now with all the layoffs. But that's interesting to hear that their CTO is going. So, yeah, man. I mean, listen. At the end of the day, we know from what Tony Robbins talks about. We know that winter is coming, right? And we had, and I think this is a a good indicator for the economy as a whole that we're going to start seeing this more and more bigger companies like this. We're going to start seeing, you know, I was talking to my buddy about this, who's kind of in the same spot where he was considering going public with his company in Q3, Q4. But now based on what's happening, they're considering waiting one to two years, depending on what happens to the market we had this conversation about a month ago. He's like, this is what you're going to start seeing over and over is companies that go public are not going to hit the numbers or be able to maintain what they hit when they do go public. And we're going to start seeing a lot of that followed by a lot of layoffs, right? And then we're going to start seeing... And then it goes into the issue with inflation and cost of living and this whole thing. So to me, this just comes back down to understanding understanding the market and understanding your model, right? And I think the rental arbitrage model as a whole, especially urban markets are just going to continue to get hit like this, where Mm -hmm. I think the the rental, the short-term rental companies that are focused on management and then doing what we're doing, right? We're going to Mexico here. We leave tomorrow and we're going to be holding this mastermind. We've talked about that here in a second. But I'm going down there with a uh, intention to understand, hey, winter's coming, an economy market correction or crash is going to happen whenever, who knows, but it's happening. We're starting to see the signs for it, right? And real signs, not speculation from years ago when things were actually good. Everyone's like, oh, it's been 12 years. We should Mm -hmm. have something by now, right? Like that's all we were saying. But now we actually see it. We're seeing companies like this losing their value, laying people off. We're seeing interest rates go up, inflation go up. We're seeing gas go up. We're seeing across the board here in California and most coastal cities, major price reductions in properties. Like that stuff's coming, right? So how do we position ourselves to actually take advantage of the situation, right? being able to position yourself to acquire property or to expand or acquire companies, things like that. I think that we're going to have a big opportunity to do that. I saw this in 2008, man. Like, so a lot mm-hmm. of people, 2006 and seven, when I was first getting into real estate, 
they were saying, Hey, wait a couple of years, be smart with your money, be conscious with what properties you take on, how much leverage you take on big opportunities will be here to capture. So a lot of people ignoring that and continue to go down, you know, essentially the debt debt route. And then I saw a lot of people position themselves of when the market did crash, they went in and they bought up as much as they can and became extremely wealthy through that. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at this now. It's like, if you're in the rental arbitrage model, it's like, be very, very conscious of what you're taking on, position yourself to take on less debt and position yourself to be able to acquire some real estate. So Mm -hmm. Crazy times, man. Crazy yeah. times. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned, I mean, we, we're, we're recording this on the, on the Monday. And I mean, just today, the NASDAQ is down 4%, yeah. right? Yep. The, the NASDAQ is now, I'm just looking at the, you know, from the, from the top. So from the high that we had in November, 2019 is now down about 34%, right? So we're seeing, we're seeing the stock markets really coming down as well. And we're seeing the interest rates go up, right? I mean, if you look at the look at the mortgage rates, they've been going up quite a bit bit today. I'm looking at the, you know, the treasuries, the five year, the 10 year, the 30 year, they're all going up. So, you know, if the if the central banks are are going to continue to raise interest rates with which they are communicating that they are going to do that to reel in inflation, yep. then those interest rates are going to go up and the affordability of purchasing new real estate is is going to get affected right so people are not yep. going to be able to pay these sky high prices as you as you mentioned so so yeah man i mean it's it's kind of everywhere right now where you know like the the bubble is kind of bursting you know you yeah. see cryptocurrencies i mean you saw yeah. bitcoin today bitcoin. absolutely crashing yeah. um it's down so, bitcoin is down 17% so it's it's down it lost its last two year gains yeah. Which is, you know, I obviously crypto is, you know, you have those huge fluctuations with that, but we're seeing that we're seeing the indicators everywhere. Right. So this is a thing. Maybe this is a conversation that we can continue to have on this podcast. And because you and I are constantly trying to understand how to position ourselves to handle any situation in our business. We can't be in the mindset that things are always going to be great all the time. Right. But you can choose to, and this is why I love that book, psychology and money of like, you can choose not to be emotional with the seasons and you can be, you can choose not to be emotional with your money and the ups and downs and, and know that the art of money and economy, it's like, and the science of it, it, it is an up and down always, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to go, you're on that ride. So being able to position yourself to know, okay, things are changing. They're not changing for the better. They are without a doubt for the next two years. And it is just a blanket statement for the next two years. I think, you know, personally, I think we're going to continue to see this, right? So it's like, okay, if that's the case, how do you actually position yourself to grow in those times in, in the winter season? How do you position yourselves to find the opportunity in those challenges? Same way that we did when COVID first hit, right? We had the option. It's like file bankruptcy or go all in and figure this out, figure out how to, you know, where's the biggest need, who can we bring the most value to? Right. Mm -hmm. And making that decision, it wasn't freaking easy. I mean, you know, we, we grinded during that period, man. But we could we could position ourselves to do a couple of different things here. I think for the short-term rental industry, it's like we can position ourselves to acquire short-term rental 
companies. So assets and being able to take on listings. And when I talk about companies, talking about management, I'm not going into rental arbitrage. Like this is something that we're staying completely away from. It's pure debt. And we're, we're just hoping things are, are going to continue to go up or stay stable. It's too much risk. And then also, how do, you, how do we position ourselves to bring OPM, other people's money in to invest that in real estate, right? Because regardless of what happens, people are still going to travel, right? People are still going to want to want to disconnect. They're going to be able to invest into experiences. I noticed that in 2008, when the market around the world collapsed, we still had people traveling and investing in our short-term rentals for uh, family vacations. COVID, biggest short-term rental boom we've ever had. Right. So it's like we know that things can maintain. You just have to invest in the right, right properties and the right markets and the right people. And we could turn this winter that's definitely coming into a huge blessing for us. So mm-hmm. yeah. Conversation I, I want to continue to have. Yeah, I agree. And you know, just to answer the question of like how do we position ourselves? I think, you know, as real estate prices are going to come down and interest rates are going up, I think uh partner you know finding investors who have cash because in when there is a crisis like you know cash is king right it's going to yep. be harder to get like a mortgage the banks are some banks might might get in trouble um it's going to be like foreclosures perhaps so like finding investors who have cash to invest to partner with you know to kind of take advantage of the of the discounts on the on real estate is one thing and then on a personal level i think also like what i always try to do is don't have your ex in one basket, you know, because like we know that there's there's probably going to be a downturn and there we know that markets are always going to go up and down, but it's really hard to predict the timing, right? Like you mentioned, like a lot of people were, think, were thinking that, you know, we would have a crisis by 2017 or 18 or 19, yeah. right? So it's really hard to predict the timing. So I think it's important to have to do some sort of scenario analysis where you're saying, okay, well, if this happens, then, you know, then what, and have some assets that perform differently in the, in their different scenarios. Like I know, for example, you, I know, I think, I think you invested in some silver, for example, yep. right. I invested in some, some gold miners, so gold mining companies. Right. Cause I just oh, know so you're like, actually investing in the company. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've okay. invested in, the, in, in some of these companies. Because, you know, like gold and silver is something that if the market uh, goes down, especially when there's a lot of inflation, that might actually do really well. Like it's a, those assets perform differently under different circumstances, right? So Mm -hmm. not having everything in real estate or not having everything in the NASDAQ, for example, I I have some friends who've invested heavily in the NASDAQ and they've been doing great, but now they're getting killed, right? And that's, and so, or people that invested all their money in crypto, you know, like, yep. that's the biggest advice that I have, you know, is like diversify, consider different scenarios. So this is a question I'm having with Samantha and a few other, my other friends here that own businesses is we, we recognize that throughout the years, as we're getting personal cash coming in, we're investing some of that cash in, in stocks and bonds and silver and crypto and like all these little things. And we have them set up where our cash comes in, salary comes in, and it just goes right back out to these investments, right? We don't even touch it. We don't think about it. But my question is, and this is something I've been really thinking about is, in my opinion, the greatest investment you can make is in your own business, right? 
And knowing that we're coming up to some crazy times, you and I have two businesses, one that's well-established and and is growing overnight success, which is, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that, how the market really affects us. Cause we're going to have to pivot quite a bit, most likely to understand what's the next biggest challenge that we have to help other hosts solve. Right. So that means we're revisiting the content creation and fulfillment and solving that problem. Right. So we had, but we're, we're growing that team. We're investing heavily now into our team. We're going to be he- investing heavily into ads and investing into that company. Then we have Freewild, that's a brand new company, has a huge potential, right? To d- generate wealth. As our cash is coming in, in my opinion, right now, like our greatest investment that we can make is in our own company. If you truly believe in what you're doing, your company you have, and you know your numbers, you know your costs to acquire, you know how to, you're profitable, the whole thing. The greatest investment is investing back into your company, into people, into leads. If you have the ability to put a dollar in and get and get $2 out, right? Mm-hmm. Do you believe like, is that, Cause this is the first time that you and I are talking about that, but like, is that, what do we have to go through and what, what do investor or business owners have to go through mindset wise to make that shift to say like, Hey, this business is the greatest investment. So I'm going to stop doing all these other things and putting it all into this company. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause like we, yeah. you know, I was talking, I was talking to a group of my friends the other day, we have a finance mastermind. Once a month, we come together and talk about all these investments. And I realized that no one is talking about investing in their own company. Everyone's talking about investing in Bitcoin and crypto mining mining companies and all these things. And I'm like, why aren't we investing in our company? Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your thoughts yeah. on that That way of you know that thought process? Well, I, I mean, I think we are we already are investing quite a bit of money in our company because sure. we're not we're not paying ourselves all of our profits, right? So yeah. we're we're investing pretty heavily into our company. But I think outside of your company, I think you always want to have some diversification with your personal assets, right? Because we don't know, we can't predict the future, right? Like for example, like I have some uh I invested in a big uh, coffee farm in Colombia like a few years ago, right? With the idea of like, hey, everyone's, no matter what happens, everyone want to drink coffee, right? If if the economy like takes a nosedive, those assets are are probably going to do, they're very stable. They're going to do well in that environment. So no, I 100% agree with you. I think investing in your business, if you, if you have a model that you believe in and, you know, if you're actually profitable, then I think investing in your business makes a lot of sense. And I think investing in yourself is always a good investment too, when it comes to personal growth, right? So you mentioned Tony Robbins, like, you know, I, I remember the first Tony Robbins conference I went to, I think I paid $600, you know, it, it changed my life to a certain extent. Yeah. So that's $600. That's like, you know, going out for dinner, like five times or something, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that, that investment, no matter the economy, that that's always a good investment. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's a really good way of looking at it too. Right. Like if you're not taking profits out of your company, you're essentially just reinvesting back into that. And I think that's something I wasn't looking at it that way, even though that's what it is. And it's like, we, I think that's a really good shift, especially going into the winter season of like, if you're not taking profits out of your company and you're reinvesting all of that back into 
what you're building, understanding what the ROI of that is. So that's a KPI that we got to start tracking is like the profits that we are investing back in. What is the, what is the ROI that's coming out of that? But with that said, man, I think, uh, you know, like to, to wrap up like the, the big conversation here, I think all of these are major indicators that are showing us that the market has changed. I'm really curious to see what happens with Sonder in the next 30, 90, 90 days. And if there is any shifts to their model, and I'm really curious to see, you know, the, the bigger, and when I say bigger, I'm talking like not major companies, but companies that have 50, hundred, 200 master leases, what they're going to do to continue to, to scale, to scale that model. Mm-hmm. or if they're going to start shifting, in my opinion, it's like, get out, get out of that, get into management and understand how to acquire. Right. Yeah. Uh, because with the, with the market coming up, I, I think in the next 12 to 24 months, there's going to be some massive opportunities in our industry to acquire quite a bit of properties, single family homes that are approved for short-term rentals, boutique hotels, all of that. So that's what I'm mostly excited about. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how that works out over the next uh, few months. Yeah. You know what? Like, I'm going to be in Europe in the summer and uh, I'm going to stay at a Sondor. I'm gonna stay at one of their places because I see they yeah. have a they have one building in Amsterdam, and it's it's pretty cheap, man. I'm looking at this right now, and it's like 112 euros a night for a, a bedroom, which is that's not that's not a lot. That's no. pretty cheap for Amsterdam. So, well, that was you know that's a good point, man. Like that was a big part of their model going through COVID, and then also trying to take up as many properties in these downtown cities. I just read that they're in 35 markets right now. So 35, 35 cities. They were more focused on occupancy than ADR. Right. Right. So they were more focused on filling the units than bringing in the highest ADR. So like I remember in San Diego, they were just slashing their prices and offering, you know, their units for hundred dollars a night where the regular competitor was trying to get to 50 a night. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were just trying to get people in there to fill it because empty units is going to hurt their hurt their pitch at the end of the day. Right. Versus the ADR, because they can say, well, then we can increase the ADR because we have so much demand in our properties. Right. But what they're doing is they're actually slashing their prices and undercutting the entire market. Yeah. I mean, I guess the whole idea is uh, just with. You know, remember in the in the late '90s with internet companies, like it didn't yeah. matter if you made a profit. You know, Pets.com. You just want to show that you have like your user base is growing, and that's yep. what investors uh, wanted to see to invest money, right? So, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense if you if you raise like half a billion dollar dollars, then you can, uh, you know, you have that luxury of like you don't need to make a profit, right? For right. the at least for the foreseeable time frame. I mean, I think Amazon like didn't make a profit for the first like 10 or 15 years that they were in business, right? So right. Awesome, man. Well, uh, are you packed up for Mexico? I'm getting there. All right. I'm getting there. Yeah. All right. I'm excited to see the new shirts. Yeah, yeah. We picked those up. Let's not announce what what they say. We'll we'll share those on uh social media. But yeah, we pick up our our new company shirts in a few hours from now. So but yeah, I'm pumped, man. Still got some some stuff to do as far as like you know packing and planning the last the last few things for the event. But yeah, tell everybody what we're doing and what the next uh, ten days look like yeah. for us. Yeah, so 
our first live event, first post-COVID live event for the SDR Legends Mastermind is happening Thursday through Monday. So you're listening to this probably on Friday. So we started yesterday. But yeah, we got we got about 20, 25 companies are coming down to uh, Oaxaca in, in Mexico to do our live event. We're going to be uh, staying there at an amazing resort. Everybody who's listening, like you should uh, check out us on Instagram because we'll be sharing quite a bit. We're not super uh, social media lovers, but we will be sharing like stories and uh, and some photos yeah. and everything on social media. So what's what's your handle again, Eric D. Muller? Yeah, Eric D. Muller on Instagram. And I'll probably just be sharing on Instagram. And the hashtag will be STR Legends with the S. Yes, STR Legends. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our first live event. The last one we did was in Colombia in 2020, which was awesome. And right after that, COVID broke out and we uh, we went virtual with the masterminds. But now we're back. We're back with uh, live events. And uh, I can't wait to meet some people in person. Yeah, man. This one's going to be freaking powerful. We we had the ability to invest in some some team members, some some experts, you know, snipers, as we like to call them inside of uh, Legends X, who are helping us really lead this uh this this event so yeah we rented this beautiful resort eight different villas on there up in the mountains or the cliffs overlooking the ocean and we invested pretty heavily in the experience so that's what i'm super excited about but yeah we have some incredible people coming down too people from all around the world that are just really grown some awesome short-term rental businesses they're you know investing in boutique hotels acquiring other short-term rental companies we have Steve Schwab from Casago coming down. He runs over 4,000 units worldwide. So we'll be able to connect with him and understand how, you know, what he's doing to position himself to, you know, deal with the winter that's coming. Yeah, we have some really incredible people. Brittany and Derek from My Nectar. Super excited to have them down there. So this event is going to be freaking powerful. So I'm excited for it. And we also have John, who's going to be uh, doing all the video for us and posting up a lot of social media for us. So yeah, hey guys, follow us and uh, let us know how, you know, let us know your thoughts about the event. Yeah, for sure. So uh, your your Instagram, Eric D. Miller, mine is Jesper Rivers. We'll be posting up a lot. And next week, we'll share our, what we're learning because we're going to learn a lot. I'm really curious because the questions that you're asking are really good questions not so easy to answer. So I'm really, right. really excited to understand what everybody else is uh, is doing and what everybody else is planning. So yeah, we'll share all that next week on the podcast. And uh, with that said, I think uh, I'm going to pack my bag. I'm uh, flying at uh, 7.50 in the morning tomorrow. So I've got an early ride to the airport. I think you go even earlier, no? Man, the whole crew is coming to my house tomorrow at 4.45 a.m. We got the car picking us up at 5.00. We're driving all the way down to uh, Tijuana, Mexico. We're crossing over to Tijuana and flying from Tijuana to the local airport there. So it's going to be a long day. It's going to be fun. We're going to try to document the whole thing. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be an early night for me. I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to go hard at jujitsu tonight so I could uh, just come home and crash and go to sleep. <laughs> so I'm going to get up at 3 a.m. It's going to be crazy. Oh, wow. Oh, that's nuts. Cool, man. Well, I'll, uh, let's uh, wrap this up. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, brother. Chat <laughs> soon. Thanks, y'all. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back uh, on Monday and next week. We'll share uh, takeaways from our uh, Legends Mastermind event. So, see you then. 
Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about air hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started if you enjoy this podcast make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening for a chance to win lifetime access to the short-term rental profit academy which is our starter course for anybody who wants to start hosting on airbnb so every month we select one reviewer at random and give that person access to the course So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of STR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Thank you and see you soon.